You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here at Locked On Nationals podcast. Coming up on this episode, it's part two of my conversation with Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. We just get so excited for this Nationals retool and rebuild. All of, like the fun, fascinating things are going to happen. This is not a team that's rebuilding with nobody who's good. They've got like arguably the best hitter in baseball. We get into that. We get into all kinds of things about this Nationals retooling, rebuilding, whatever you want to call it. We start off with some takes about Anibal Sanchez. I'm like mid-take about Anibal Sanchez, but you guys can tell this conversation split in two. You're not missing anything. Part one of this conversation is available in your podcast feed, but we start off hot with some Anibal Sanchez talk and really dive into this rotation and more of the positional battles heading into spring training in the beginning of the 2022 season. Can they really do the Anibal Sanchez? I know everybody's like, looks great. But like, can we seriously do that again? I mean. I mean, he's he's a known commodity. I was asked about this with Doolittle too. Like, can we okay. really expect him to do anything at this point? Right. Like, but but it's different. Okay, but I think it's a little bit different for starters and relievers, right? Because like John Lester last year, it the numbers were not horrible. The problem was they'd had to pull him out before they got horrible. Like they were trending in one direction and it's like, we have to get him out of the game because this is not going to go well. You know, if he stays in for pitches, you know, 70 through 90, we can't leave him out there. That's my concern with Anibal Sanchez. Now it sounds like the stuff for him is a little bit better than what, it, than what John Lester was bringing to the table last year at this point in time. So I, well, think I mean, anibal has got like 15 pitches in his arsenal. Right. So like, right. I mean, hitters at this point with no timing, seeing just that wide variety of pitches, I imagine <laughs> can be very flustering for your first couple of spring training at that. So I just think um, that for me, like, that does give it an advantage. 2020 went so poorly for him that it's like, you know, maybe, you could, maybe you could just write it off, right? Maybe you could write it off, but dear God, that was, that was out of control. And he's also, but he's coming off a year where he didn't pitch. So right. he says he's stronger now and, and more, you know, durable, able to get through the whole year. So we'll see, you know, yeah. uh, you know, he has got, he's got to make the rotation. Certainly not a, a lock at this point, but uh, his first appearance was certainly encouraging, but I would I would caution anyone out there to not read into early spring training results either right. way. You know, everyone's already saying Cade Cavalli should be in the rotation because of his first <laughs> appearance, but I, I think it's almost guaranteed he ends up in AAA to start the year. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the big question surrounding him is when do we see him? And and look, none of us who are covering this team are like, is it May? No, it's the answer is not unless everybody's arm falls off, which you know. Could happen. Not another own possibility. Could happen last year. Yeah. You know, this roster last year, I mean, why do you think Josh Rogers ended up here, fellas? Like that, that's, you know, that, that's, that's kind of how it ran. And Hey, um, don't, don't discount him in that conversation. I'm, I'm not just, dis- I'm not going to discount him. I'm just saying like, why do you, why do we think he ended up here? Right. Why do we think Paulo Espino was out? Paulo Espino was getting wins and saves last year. Right. Because, because they had, they had nobody left. They had nobody left to pitch. And I'm wondering, you know, you're so right. We can't glean too much from this, but is that where our eyes should go? Do you, do you think, you know, looking at spring training, like is the pitching battle most important or do you think we should, we should pay more attention to, to 
which veteran bats are going to be here. Cause I think that's another thing I'm looking, kind of looking at. I think the, I mean, yeah, the back end of the bullpen, I mean, sorry, the back end of the rotation is, is definitely something to watch here. Uh, the, the rotate, the, sorry, I keep mixing up bullpen. The closer yeah. role is not locked down. I think it could be either Steve Ciszek or Will Harris at this point, I would imagine are the two favorites uh, for that. So uh, to see how they do, uh, you know, Will Harris is supposed to make 8 million this year. So, the money says that he should be the closer, but coming off a TOS surgery, who knows, you know, how well, how good he's going to be feeling. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. And then the two on the hitting side, the, the two areas to watch are one third base, which man, if, if any position's wide open right now, it's third base. Uh, you know, Mike Alfranco is now the leader to be the Nationals third baseman on opening day. But right. I think that, you know, cause he was competing with Carter Keyboom. Who now has a mass flexor strain in his elbow? How, what's the timetable on that, Matt? What, what what are we hearing on that? Four to six weeks. So, and that's four to six weeks of him, like before he starts to like ramp up. Oh, uh, that's horrible. So, well, this yeah. this was something that I thought. You know, I, I like the fact they brought they brought Franco in, right? I, I like that because Carter is a guy who you mentioned Eric Fetty. I know the, the age discrepancy is a lot different, but like Carter is a guy because of where the Nationals valued him at, right? Where they where they got him. That, you know, it's kind of, I know he's what, 23, 24? How old is he? 23, now? I think. But like, it, it, it feels like we're at a point now with him where it's like, look, you, you got to show us something, right? And and I think I feel bad for him because he can't give it an honest shot. Now, I, I will say the one difficult thing for him is that trying to become a player, you know, uh, trying, trying to come of age right now as an MLB player is very difficult, right? You and I talked about the number of off seasons consecutively that are now abnormal right we're now mm-hmm. at a point where um the last four or five years i was counting it whatever it is if you even count 2023 next season like it's gonna be a stretch of five five seasons or we're doing something different each year so i do feel for him a little bit on that front but i mean when you bring in michael franco you know that's that's not like we're bringing in uh you know as Drupal Cabrera or Starling Castro. I mean, well, that's that was that's my takeaway is that 2020 was bad. I, they given him right, and, and that, yes, you're, you're totally right. This is not a guy who is currently a major league player. Was this is not somebody who's been you know who's been successful as of late. And so it was a it was competition, but it was more of a slight nudge. Right mm-hmm. now, like you mentioned, like Michael Franco is the guy. Like he is on track right now to be your opening day third baseman. I, I don't hate it, but like, I mean, you know, if he hits, if he, if he plays well, I mean, Carter's not going to get that shot. And look, I, I once again, I think 2020 was mishandled. You mentioned Estrubal. I did not think they handled that well. They said it was Carter keeping the spot and then it ended up being Estrubal's spot. And there's been some bouncing back and forth ever since. I do really do. I feel for Carter though, because this is, this is difficult. And, but Look, you're big. You're big leaguer. I mean, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to deal with difficult situations like this. You know what I mean? I think there's yeah. two sides of this coin. It, it's it sucks because he like we really haven't got to see him aside from the last I want to say six weeks maybe of last season. Uh, we really haven't got to see Carter settle in and you know make adjustments. You know his playing time has just been sp- so sporadic over the last few years, where he's just kind of up and down, you know, in and out of the lineup. And, and not just a regular getting the chance to to have go through a routine, get settled in and all that kind of stuff and, and adjust to major league pitching. Uh, and part of that's been due to injury and, and part of that has been due to ineffectiveness. So uh, this was supposed to be kind of the make or break year for him. 
uh, if, if he doesn't show signs of life this season, you know, the Nationals would probably be forced to move on. Um, but now with this injury, you know, it, it's going to take some time and, and they're going to have to have some kind of stopgap situation. Here on Dranza, I think so. They only said mm-hmm. Davey only said that it was going to be Franco and Keyboom competing for third, but I think that was just to push Keyboom. They really wanted Keyboom to win the spot, and I think now with Keyboom hurt, uh, they might open it up to a Here Dranza, maybe even Luis Garcia or Lucius Fox. Uh, if they are unbelievable, by the way, there's kind of Lucius Fox. I, um, I still think it's I know, and he's awesome. He's awesome. He, uh, MLB Pipeline released its uh, player grades for like the whole Nationals farm system. And they've listed who scores the top uh, on each tool. And on the running tool, Lucius Fox is number one in the Nationals farm system with a 70 on the 2080 scale. Mm, He's got some crazy good speed. Yeah. So if he can hit, uh, I think he would be a really fun player that a lot of Nats fans would fall in love with immediately. Quick pause for the cause on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends, at Built Bar. Go to Built.com today. Built.com. You guys can check out all of their Built Bars available. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut, almond as well. Most Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein as well. Compare that to a candy bar, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com today. That's built.com, promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, and get 15% off your first order at built.com. Today, once again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So you're saying that if in the extra inning uh, that the last out was Nelson Cruz, uh, that you good old Lucius Lucia Fox... Fox. Lucius Fox is going to be the guy. Uh, I love it. I, I absolutely him, love that. Him or Andrew Stevenson, because Stevenson's so underrated for his speed. Yeah, the, the one thing I think we all, I think all Nats fans just want to make sure they see is like, they don't want to see too many vets blocking these young guys. Because as interesting as this team is now with pieces like Azrianza and, Her- and Hernandez and Nelson Cruz, like I, I really don't think offense is going to be the problem. Once again, it's going to be pitching again. But I just don't want to see young guys blocked by guys that are known, as you mentioned, known commodities, known quantities. Do you, is that the sentiment you're getting from fans as well? Definitely from fans. Uh, I mean, some fans really want them to push their chips into this season, which I really just don't see happening. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. You know, I, I've been asked a bunch of times, like, are they? Do they still have any moves left between now and opening day? And if I were, I mean, I am a betting man, not gonna lie. But if I were to place a bet <laughs> on the Nationals, which I don't, I don't ever bet on the Nationals. Um, but if I were to place a bet, I would say that they don't make any moves between now and opening day, you know, maybe a salary dump type thing, but, um, I, I don't expect them to get Conforto or anything like that. Right. Um, so, you know, is, is, I mean, the real thing is like, who would be blocking somebody like is Alcides Escobar blocking Luis Garcia? Yes. But the nationals also see Luis Garcia as a 21 year old kid. I mean, they see him right. as making mental mistakes in the field and somebody who isn't quite ready to be an everyday player in the major leagues. So, do you think he's really better off at AAA then? Do you think he'd be better off AAA? Probably. I mean, they want him to shore up his defense. Like he's got so many skills defensively, but he makes just some just mental mistakes in the field where you're just kind of like, "What was that?" After you know an inning before, he's flashing the leather and making some play you didn't think was possible. Right. So you know they see the potential. They just need him to settle in and just kind of more establish himself defensively. You know, they're, they're trying to have him focus more on shortstop. 
uh, this year in, in camp. So that's clearly a position they want to see him uh, make the jump to the major leagues in. Uh, but they're they're going to roll with Alcides Escobar uh, as that starting shortstop and Cesar Hernandez as the starting second baseman. And then if there's an injury to either of the two of them, uh, unless they really like Yahiri Adonza, uh, it's probably going to be Garcia coming up next. Could you imagine a starting infield where the entire left to right, it's Michael Franco, Alcides Escobar, and then, I mean, Cesar Hernandez, like, that's probably what we're looking at right now. It's just, I mean, I just, the problem I have with that is like, if you're like, I would understand a fan being like, what the hell is this? Now the keep him injury sure, well, whatever. But like, I would understand if a fan is like, I want Luis Garcia. I get your sentiment. I think 2020 mm-hmm. for him might've been a curse in some ways. Right. Cause it's like, look, we saw him hit a nominal, you know, at a, yeah. yeah at, a, at a fine clip. Right. Uh, you know, he's fine. You know, and I think that maybe adjusted some people's expectations for him. Do you agree with that? And so now it's kind of a weird situation. I mean, situation. there really weren't there weren't many expectations right. for him. Right. It was honestly. like, here comes I mean, an 19-year-old. <laughs> yeah, you know, he was a kid who's maybe like fringe top 10 in the organization, but nobody that anyone was super excited about at that point maybe was looking at farther down the line. So, you know, but my thing, like, yes, like they've got some veterans in there that when you're supposed to be a rebuilding team, why are they, uh, you know, as old as they are? But that's just, it goes to show how bad the Nationals farm system was yeah. prior to the trade deadline. I mean, I saw that uh, of the 12 players that they acquired the deadline last year, 10 of them are either among the Nationals' top 30 prospects on MLB Pipeline or in the majors. I mean, that yeah. just shows you right then they needed right. almost all of those guys. I mean, it's crazy. And, and even so, Baseball America only ranks them as the 24th farm system in baseball after all those moves. So, you know, they still have a ways to go. I guarantee you they're so, going to they're going to end up needing all those guys too. Like the ones they didn't mm-hmm. need, they're going to eventually need them pretty soon. Well, you don't crazy. get through a season with twenty six guys. I mean, you're going to need to right. dig deep in your organization, and we haven't even started talking about the outfield. Uh, you know, Donovan Casey is a guy who I think is going to come up at some point this year and, and get some playing Believe time. Enough. But in order for that to happen, you know, Lane Tom, you got to go through Lane Thomas, Victor Robles, and Yadiel Hernandez first, and maybe even Andrew Stevenson, uh, who are all guys who are technically above him. So. Uh, you know, it's it, it's gonna it's gonna take some time. You know, I wrote in a column today uh, that I put out. I think I used five times. Patience, patience, patience. You, you got to have it in this situation because the Nationals are taking a longer road back to contention than simply just buying up players in free agency, which is what they have been doing uh, up until this point. So th- this is what this is what a rebuild slash retool looks like. But I'll t- I'll tell you this, like this feels so much different than other rebuilds you might see because number one, they've got Juan Soto, right? Who might just be, this is a rebuild where the bet, arguably the best hitter, in my opinion, best hitter in baseball is on the I mean, the if team. you are going to re, if you were going to build an organization from scratch you, right you now, you have, have the best Juan Soto. Play. I mean, right. literally. Yeah, because you have Tatis and Capunia have injury issues, and Vladdy Vladdy plays first. I mean, you know, I guess right field isn't that much more of a desirable defensive position, but it might be Vladdy and Soto are like the two right now. If you were to pick, I mean, you have an improving, Soto. improving guy in his young twenties who was a part. Of, it was an integral part of a World Championship winning team who just keeps getting better. Who put up some of the dumbest numbers that we've ever seen, and then you bring in a guy like Nelson. Like, like here's the thing: you last year you and I mentioned it. The the fact that the front three of their lineup was like all it took was Kyle Schwarber and Trey Turner is really good, but because they had Turner and Soto, it was like yeah, I mean this thing works. I guarantee you, Bell, Cruz, and and Soto is going to work. It's going to. 
And that's what makes this this rebuild, you know, so exciting is that number one, the competition they're going to get to play is really good. They're going to be in a great division. So it's not like we're going to be seeing a bunch of, you know, crap come to DC, right? Number two, they've got a lot of interesting young guys that we want to see if they can break through or not. Number three, it's like their offense is probably going to be good. Matt, you and I have mentioned this a ton. The problem at the end of the year last year was not the offense. It's the bullpen that lost them 42, 42 games. I think it was last year and a starting rotation that had Josh Rogers and no, no disrespect to Willa Paul Espino, but those two guys in the end of it, like, look, folks, it's a rebuild. Yes. Retool, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be a fun one though. Like do do not turn away. It's, it's going to be at least entertaining. One more quick word from our sponsors today on the locked on nationals podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at athletic greens. You guys can find athletic greens. It's our partner that has a product I literally use every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I heard about the way it helps your immune system. It helps your stomach as well. Some, so many times like me, I, I had some stomach issues. And so this helps, lines your stomach, helps gut health, gives you more energy, optimized immune system. Uh, you know, and I didn't like taking pills or vitamins either. So this is just one easy packet. You can put in your water. You can drink it every day. It tastes good as well. And also, we got something for our listeners out there to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year of supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. That's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah, no, I mean, look, Mike Rizzo thinks this team has a chance. You know, I'm not saying he he thinks they're going to be world beaters or right. world series favorites or anything like that, but he's coming in this year saying like, you know, we are trying to win ball games. We aren't out here trying to lose a hundred games. You know, that's and like you said, this is not one of those rebuilds. This is, uh, you know, that's why I use the, the phrase retool a lot because they're trying to do this quickly. They're trying to do it before Juan Soto is able to leave for before free agency uh, and show him that they can build a competitive team again. I mean, if you think about it, Mike Rizzo has done this before. He took over the organization in 2009 as GM and they won 98 games in 2012, three years. So if he can beat that timeline again, I mean, one, it'll just go to show how an amazing GM he is and how yeah. lucky the Nationals have been to have him. But two, uh, you know, that that is going to bode really well for their ability to keep Soto. And, and you know, it, it's I think it's the right approach. I, I was saying it at the start of the 2021 season that trading Trey Turner was going to be a necessary evil. Uh, and it's exactly what they did. And hey, who knows, man, he's going to be a free agent next offseason. Maybe maybe the Freddie Freeman signing uh, was an indicator that the Dodgers weren't bullish on their chances of expending Trey. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, it's 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 so fascinating. I, I'm like I'm really I'm really pumped to see how this thing goes. And also the other part we haven't mentioned is a lot of these guys look at their contracts, their trade assets. Like it, it, you know, coming from the NBA mindset, you know, thinking about just like a like thinking about basketball, like all these guys, you know, expiring contracts, expiring contracts. The Nationals are are built exclusively on expiring contracts, save like three players, right? They have a bunch I've of got, guys. I've got a list right here if you want me to run through it. Do it. Just just go through all these people because it's it's absolutely absurd. Players whose contracts will be up after this year is Nelson Cruz, Cesar Hernandez, Eric Fetty, 
Steve Ciszek, Harry Andrianza, Sean Doolittle, Alcides Escobar, uh, and man, who's he? Oh, Joe Ross. All of them are going to be free agents. And Josh Bell. I forgot Josh. Yeah, I know. Josh Bell's players. the guy's going to come off that too. And and here's yeah. the thing, Matt. If they're not very good, all they need is like a few of those guys to be good. They don't need all of them to hit. You know, if a few of the, like like last year, think about the trade, you know, the, the, the Brad Hand trade, right? Or the Lane Thomas trade. Like those were not players that were really good. All it takes is a team that desperately needs something that is semi in contention to do something like, hey, we just need a fifth guy. We'll trade for Eric Fetty, right? Man, we'll, we, you know, I, I mentioned about like extending Josh Bell, but if somebody's like, oh my God, we need to have Josh Bell, we'll give up way too much for him. Take him up on it. C Sheck, Doolittle, uh, all, you know, like I know the, the pen you want to keep building it, but if those older guys aren't helping you out that much, you're not winning ball games, you know, like you can sign other guys next offseason to one year. I want to add. One more thing I want to ask you about, just real quickly on on, on Josh Bell and uh, on um, Nelson Cruz, and get you out of here. So the excitement for, um, especially Juan Soto, of getting Nelson Cruz in there was big. Do you think it would be damaging at all if they flipped him in a trade? I know it's a one year deal, the mutual option, but do you think that that wouldn't upset upset them at all, uh, Juan Soto at all? No, and I, I can't remember where I heard this, but uh, on I don't think it'd be upsetting Nelson to Juan Soto, uh, mostly because he's on a one-year deal anyway, and it's you right. know what are you going to be mad he doesn't get to spend the last month and a half of the season with him? No, right. I mean he'll learn from him. He'll get to hang out with him for the first three months, and which by the way is an awesome pairing. I, I could not love that more. I'm uh, pumped for, for Soto's <laughs> career uh, for his yeah. protection for his season in 2022. It's just, but uh, you know for Cruz. You know, I think that a big reason why he signed with the Nationals, one was to hit with Soto, but two, you know, yes, he, he could have picked a team. Like, I know the Padres were interested in him. Um, you know, I think the Rays wanted to bring him back a couple other clubs. You know, he could have picked a team right now that was going for it and rolled the dice with them on getting back to the playoffs. But with the Nationals, you can play the first three months with them and then get traded to a contending team that you know is right in the thick of the playoff race. And you don't have to, you know, roll the dice six months in advance. You know that you probably have a good shot of playing in the playoffs. And where Cruz is in his career, you know, he obviously wants a ring. That would be, you know, an interesting, uh, you know, something for him where he kind of gets a little bit more security, even though he's actually going to a team that has less of a chance of making the playoffs. Um, I'm sure that, you know, he'll be able to uh, have some say in that conversation of where he gets traded. So we'll see. You know, it's certainly, um, you know. I think also just his impact in the lineup is going to trickle down on a lot of guys in, in more ways than one. And it's, it, it was just a great sign. I, I'm definitely a big fan of it. I thought it was a home run. I thought it was like a perfect fit for the nationals. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for your time as always, man. What do you got coming up? What, what's out right now? Where do people need to find you and your work so they can get involved? Also you're doing some Twitter spaces too. So tell us about those. Yeah. Yeah. Hopped on a Twitter space earlier today. If you missed it, the recording, uh, is on my Twitter account. Check it out at by Matt Wyrick. Uh, doing a bunch of stuff, uh, getting ready for the season over NBCSportsWashington.com. Had a piece go up earlier today that I alluded to uh, on the Nationals' lack of spending in recent seasons and when they might uh, swing big on their next free agent. So definitely check that out. Uh, writing on arbitration stuff for tomorrow. So that'll be coming up in the morning. Um, but yeah, go ahead and check all that out and give me a follow. Matt Wyrick, NBC Sports Washington. Appreciate your time as always, man. Appreciate it, Josh.
All right, that will do it for today's show. Hope you all enjoyed fun conversation with Matt Weirich as always. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Y'all can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.